Hello and welcome to Anna with Two Ends, episode number 54. On today's episode, we're going to be having a look, an in-depth focus on an expression that talks about gains and losses or advantages and disadvantages, we could say as well. But before we go anywhere, let's have some nice samba music, please. Right, swings and roundabouts. It's very funny because at the moment I'm actually putting a microscope over the things that I'm saying and I'm trying to listen to all of these types of expressions and idioms that I use to express myself. And this is one that came up and this is absolutely one that a lot of native speakers use, but I don't hear a lot of English learners using this phrase, which is why I want to teach you it. So I'm really going to try and teach you a few more advanced expressions and phrases on my episodes. So a swing is an item, it's an object, it's something we use when we're a child, we play on it, it's a swing, you go back and forth, it's a swing, okay, you go on the swings, very nice. A roundabout, on the other hand, I've never actually really had to think about what a roundabout is. It's a circular traffic element. It's the thing that you have to drive around, okay, to change direction. So you've got all these roads joining into one, there's a roundabout, and you go around it. Now, the expression is actually talking about gains and losses. And when you say swings and roundabouts, you mean that with any option, there's no real gains, but there's also no real losses. Now, when doing some research about this expression, because it's always interesting to see the story behind why an expression has been used, it actually dates back apparently, as far as I know from the research that I've done, to a poem, to some poetry, uh, where this first initial idea came of swings and roundabouts or whatever. And apparently it was by a poet called P.G. Woodhouse or a writer called Love Among Chickens or Love Among the Chickens. Sounds interesting. (laughs) What we lose on the swings, we make up on the roundabouts. What we lose on the swings, we we make up on the roundabouts. So essentially, there's no real gains or losses to a given situation. So I want to put this in a little bit more context for you. We can use it in sentences. We also often use it in like little one-liners. But let me give you some examples. If you earn more, you pay more in tax. So it's all swings and roundabouts. If you earn more, you pay more in tax. So it's all just swings and roundabouts. We could even add a little bit of a just in there. So if you earn more, uh, we can say that in English, you're a high earner, if you want to use a noun. If you're a high earner, you pay more tax. So it swings and roundabouts. Okay? You earn more money, but oh, the tax man is coming to get that money from you. So you earn more, but you pay more tax. Swings and roundabouts. There's no real gains or losses. It kind of just equals itself out. If you're a high earner, you pay more tax. So it's all swings and roundabouts. 
interestingly, the tax system in Spain, where I live, is just the most... It's just so weird for British people, the tax system that you have in Spain. I say you, it's not a collective view that the Spanish people have in Spain. It's, it's really difficult for us to get our head round. To get your head round something is to understand it. Like, it's it's literally just crazy. Um, in my opinion, the tax system in the UK is much simpler. It's not probably much simpler. It's probably just that it's a little bit more... Uh, I'm used to it. Uh, but we have a very different way of doing tax for example in spain you a little bit like in america i think you have to kind of submit an annual return okay in the uk we don't do that like it we don't really have if you have a job in a company if you're an employee like you really don't have anything to do with your tax they tax you every month it goes out of your account you don't see it you don't have to manage it you just have to check that you're on the right tax code and of course the tax code varies depending on whatever uh band you're in we talk about salary bands okay which is another way to say groups so um salary bands you know between i don't know whatever it is but we often use the term salary bands which is just like salary groups um so you just have to make sure that you're on the right tax code one thing that happens when you move between different jobs is that sometimes they give you an emergency tax code which means that they tax you the highest tax level uh, that's happened to me a couple of times and uh, you don't see the money. You don't see the money, which is really annoying. You have to wait for it. Um, but anyway, enough about tax. Boring, boring, boring stuff. Nobody wants to hear about the British tax system. I could actually talk about it quite a lot because it really is very different than the one in the one in Spain. Anyway, move on, Anna, move on. Swings and roundabouts. So if you earn more, you pay more in tax. So it's all just swings and roundabouts, really. No gains and losses. Here's another one. The advantages of a small company over a large one is a matter of swings and roundabouts. So the advantages of working with a small company or a large one, well, there's not really much difference. There's not really many gains. There's not really many losses. It's just a question of swings and roundabouts, really. You know, if you pick one option, there's not really a massive disadvantage to either one or either a massive advantage. It's just swings and roundabouts, really. Another way that we could express that or another way that some people communicate that is kind of like good and bad. Like there's good and bad with everything. It's not quite the same meaning, but it kind of touches on that idea of, well, you know, there's some good things, there's some bad things that kind of just equal themselves out really, which is kind of this kind of the case in a lot of different things really. Swings and roundabouts can be quite used in a lot of different uh, situations. Um, let's have a look at another example. Something that's very common to us right now is that we're working from home a lot, you know, but, you know, I'd really like to go to the office because I want to socialize a little bit more because I've been a little bit of a hermit recently. A hermit is an animal. I'm just going to Google that right now just to make sure that I've got this one right. Cause I'm like, I just want to make sure that I know what a hermit is. Um, a hermit is a hummingbird. No, it's not a hummingbird. It's a... Oh my goodness. I think I've just realized that a hermit is not... I thought a hermit was like a crab. Is it a crab? Oh my God, it's a bird. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. Hermit crabs. Okay, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. So a hermit crab, I'm just checking that my knowledge of hermit was correct because it said they're a hummingbird and I was thinking a hummingbird is a bird. I'm like, wait a second, did I think a hermit was a crab? No, a hermit is a type of crab. 
a, cra- a crab, a little animal that walks on the beach side to side. A crab has a shell and the crab goes inside the shell. But we can also use the word hermit to describe a person who is very socially reclusive. Okay, so a person living in solitude. It can be to mean religious discipline, but it's kind of a little bit more colloquial now. And it basically means somebody that always stays in their house. So I've been a little bit of a hermit recently, staying at home a lot. So I'd like to socialize in the office, but also at the same time, don't really want to get coronavirus. So, you know, swings and roundabouts, really. There's no real gains. There's no really losses. They kind of equal themselves out. It's kind of, you know, there's no real gains and losses to either situation. Swings and roundabouts. So we use it a lot when we're talking about describing situations. We're reacting to situations. We want to give our opinion about something. We don't really think there's any real advantages or disadvantages to doing something. So um, swings and roundabouts. We can use it as part of a sentence, as I've given you before, or we can kind of just use it as a one-liner. So if somebody gives you a sentence or um, they talk to you about something and then you're like, well, swings and roundabouts. Like you don't need to add any more necessarily. That, that's enough for me to understand that you think there's no real gains or losses in that situation. Now you may want to ask me, okay, is it formal? Is it informal? When can I use this expression? Well, it's pretty flexible. And by flexible, what I like to mean is that thinking about the different people in our lives or the different levels of formality, you can use it in lots of different situations. So you can use it in your personal life with your friends, your family, absolutely. You can use it in your professional life. Uh, Also, you know, a lot of the time at work, we're talking about options. Shall we go forward with this one? Should we go forward with that one? What do you think? We're often giving our feedback about different options. So this is quite a nice piece of vocabulary that you could use to say, well, you know, I mean, no real gains or losses. Why not? Swings and roundabouts, really. So it's it's, it's kind of an informal business. It's like business colloquial. Okay. So it does kind of give it has an element of casual. So if you're in a serious meeting and somebody's asking you formally to give your opinion about something and you're like, well, swings and roundabouts, it's not quite the right tone that you want to get at. But for example, if you're having a workshop or you're kind of doing a uh, kind of, you know, one of those brainstorming sessions and you're like, well, swings and roundabouts. I mean, you know, I don't really see there's anything particularly good, but also nothing particularly bad. So Swings and roundabouts. Absolutely, it would be appropriate in in that kind of setting. One really interesting thing about brainstorming is that with brainstorming, you need to have a noun after it. Brainstorming there is a noun acting as an adjective, but you need to say a brainstorming session or a brainstorming meeting. A lot of my students go on about a brainstorming, and I'm like, a brainstorming what? We have to specify a brainstorming meeting, a brainstorming workshop, a brainstorming session whatever you want to call it. I always used to find those uh, sessions really funny because uh, nobody would ever want to do the brainstorming sessions. Um, I think brainstorming almost has a bit of a bad rep now because it's so overused. Um, Essentially, you know, I mean, it's just people getting together and thinking about ideas, but, you know, brainstorming uh, seems to have a bad rep. Bad rep just means bad reputation. Uh, People don't want to do it. They think that it's like annoying. They're like, oh, I don't want to go to a brainstorming workshop. And you can tend to have that kind of divide between people in the office. Those people that are very involved in that type of work, they like to do the kind of workshops. They like to do the brainstorming things. They like to do all of those things. And then you kind of have other people who are like really not interested in that. They're like, look, I want to do my job. I'm not bothered about sticking post-it notes up on the wall in different colors. 
because I think brainstorm workshops have like a bad reputation for that that they're just like well what am I going to do stick a couple of post-it notes on the wall and then nobody's going to do anything about it so fuck that I'm not doing it I'm going to do my work thank you very much so I think people have become quite bitter about brainstorming sessions or maybe that's just my experience when I was working in an office unfortunately I was part of the other group so I always like to do brainstorming and creative things if they're useful sometimes they are as with all meetings a complete waste of time but still they allow people to get together and talk about things which is good right I think it's good I think we have to talk to people and talk about ideas and 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 be creative and all of that jazz But yes, brainstorming. And actually there was a big controversy or um, it was very controversial in the UK about the word brainstorming. So if we go into the idea of political correctness, a lot of people, um, well, a lot of people, uh, there was one charity, which is part of an an, um, epilepsy charity. And they said that brainstorming was not appropriate because it could offend people that have epilepsy, people that have seizures, because people who have seizures, it's like having a like a, a brainstorm, essentially. So there's a big debate about what wow, political correctness gone mad, like that's ridiculous. Why is that offensive to say a brainstorming session? Anyway, a lot of people kind of just dismissed it and they're like, look, uh, I'm not offending anybody that has seizures by saying a brainstorming session. But this is how political correctness can go kind of really extreme um and there's lots of words now in the English language that are very touchy and by that I mean it can make people feel uncomfortable if people say them um and it's best to avoid them in fact maybe I'll do a little podcast about um those type of words especially in the office because of course sometimes we don't want to offend people And if we can avoid saying some things that might avoid an unnecessary kind of comment or conflict, then it's a good thing. I'm going to put that on my list. Political correctness, words to words to avoid in some professional situations, especially um, to avoid any kind of well, I've said avoid like five times uh, to mitigate. Hmm, We'll do that one to mitigate any awkward situations. Well, I hope you liked today's episode. Remember, the most important thing about expressions or one of the most important things, I always say the most important thing. It's like there's many important things uh, for the list. (laughs) One of the most important things about expressions is you actually use them in context. So think about a couple of sentences where you could use swings and roundabouts. And I want you to write them down and try and use them. Okay, that's your task for this week. Write a couple of them down. And then when you go off in your normal lives, try and think about how you could use it. But don't overuse them, okay? You don't have to use it every time. Just think of a couple situations. You're like, I'm just going to throw that one in there and see how it goes. And if it flies, perfect. If it crashes and burns, it's okay. Try again the next time. Think of a different situation. (laughs) People are going to be very impressed with your knowledge of swings and roundabouts. Trust me. If you like the episode, make sure that you subscribe. Uh, You can find me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iVox, and lots of other podcast players. If you like, please give me a review on Apple Podcasts. That's always very helpful if you enjoy the podcast and you want to tell everybody about it and spread the word. That would be fantastic. You can find me on Instagram and connect with me. You can send me a DM. You can give me some feedback, some suggestions for the show, whatever you like. You can find me on Instagram at Anna with underscore two N's underscore 
English. Thank you so much for listening today and I'll be back very, very soon. Bye-bye.